Do you have a complex inner life? Do you need a lot of downtime? Do you find yourself overwhelmed in high social stimuli situations like crowds, bars, or when in bright lights? Are you deeply moved by creative arts and music? You may be a highly sensitive person or HSP, but that isn't a bad thing at all. In fact, we're going to look at it from a neutral standpoint. But if you've been told you're too sensitive, chances are you may be a HSP and can actually and it can actually provide a deep richness to situations and your world. Join us in this episode where we learn what it is to be a highly sensitive person. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Intuition Co. podcast. I am your host, Georgia, and I am so grateful to have you here today. Today, we are talking about a topic that I have been really delving into recently, and I'm on kind of my own little self-development journey in this space, and I wanted to share that with you today because I have been learning about the highly sensitive person. You may have seen this book if you follow me on Instagram because it has been a really good read for me lately, and it is my current nonfiction read. For those watching the video, it is this book here that I am talking about and referring to and kind of the basis of today's episode it is the highly sensitive person by dr elaine aaron and she has written this book which explains how highly sensitive people can thrive in a world that overwhelms them and i really resonated with this book when i was searching on booktopia i'm pretty sure was having a look for a new read to pick up and i really resonated with a lot of the key themes in this book and the more that I read it the more I uncover about myself and a lot of things tend to make sense and this year for me has been a big year of learning more about myself and challenging the inner critic within me and one of the things that the inner critic challenges me on is that I'm not normal that I find things sensitive or when I feel things a lot I am weird for thinking that or feeling that. And that's something that I've really had to challenge while I've been reading this book. And it's been such a good read for me. And I wanted to kind of share what I've learned, what I've uncovered about myself, um, give you a little bit more of an explanation as to what highly sensitive people are or HSPs, and also give you some of my advice that I have found along the way as I read this book um, and that I have found really helpful and wanted to share with you. In case there's anyone listening who also feels like they resonate with a lot of the key themes of a HSP. So if you do resonate with anything that I am talking about today, would definitely recommend reading the book. I will pop it on the Intuition Co's Instagram. It's just the Intuition Co underscore. Would definitely recommend giving it a read, researching it a little bit more, because I have always said this, the more you know about yourself, the more power you have. And I truly and can't emphasize this enough is to invest in learning more about yourself. So if this sounds like you, if this sounds even partly like you, I encourage you to do the research to get to know yourself. But anyway, let's jump right into today's episode. This book has been such a good read for me and coming from a psychology background, um, I hadn't actually heard a lot about this topic and was very interested 
um, by reading a little bit more about the author. So she's kind of like uncovered this about herself and written a book based on her findings. Um, it's actually quite a interestingly written book. Um, it's a little bit older. Um, so I have found it a little bit more challenging to read compared to your everyday self-help books. It's very much written in still an easy to understand language, but you can tell that it's been written by a psychologist or someone um, who has done a lot of research, which isn't a bad thing at all. Just something to note about the book. But talking about highly sensitive persons or HSPs, also known as sensory processing sensitivity. This isn't to be confused with sensory processing disorder, which causes motor function impairment, um, which isn't typically seen in highly sensitive persons. Uh, but highly sensitive persons and sensory processing sensitivity is used quite interchangeably. So you might see um, other research using a different title for it, but yeah, not to be confused with sensory processing disorder. But I really resonated with the idea of being told you're too sensitive. I feel like that is such a negatively skewed label and I have always felt like it's a weakness of mine to feel sensitive. And if you are sensitive, it's such a bad thing. Whereas when I've been uncovering a little bit more about highly sensitive people and I guess kind of reflecting it to myself and understanding that I am a highly sensitive person, I've come to realize just how beautiful it can be at the same time and that we really should be discussing it in a bit more of a neutral tone. Uh, something that I have been working on a lot is trying to yeah, use neutral language when discussing something. So rather than constantly comparing things or giving it judgment, um, like it's bad or it's good, I have been trying to come from things at a neutral viewpoint, uh, which can be quite challenging because a lot of the stuff that is ingrained in our mind is this is good, this is bad. So something I'm working on, but I really resonated with so many of the core like values in this book and of highly sensitive people. And the more that I research, the more interested I get in this topic. I was talking to I was talking to someone recently about it and they were talking about kind of when your body goes into fight or flight mode, which I am very familiar with. I have for about two years, my body was kind of just stuck in fight or flight mode. So it really couldn't tell the difference between a sound, you know, banging like a plate clanking or um, something falling onto the floor and like a gunshot. Not that I hear gunshots a lot, but do you know what I mean? My body really struggled to differentiate what was not a stressor and what actually was like a life endangering stressor. So just everything was like amping my body up and I was constantly in fight or flight mode. And I think it was in this time that I became really sensitive to a lot of things. And a way that I really like to put this is when you are in that fight or flight mode, your scope of input, so everything in the world that you're kind of taking in each second is widened. So you start to hear all these sounds that you would otherwise block out or start to see or feel things that you otherwise would just kind of skim over. And that is just a really good way to put it because when you're not in fight or flight mode, you kind of have tunnel vision, you've got your blinkers on and 
you start to cut out some of the external stimuli that's going on around you, whether that be really slight pitches or noise changes or whatever it may be for you. But basically a highly sensitive person um, has an increased emotional sensitivity and stronger reactivity to external and internal stimuli. So like pain, hunger, light, noise, all of those things. I have a friend that definitely we've like kind of bonded over um, being quite sensitive to a lot of input, particularly like bright lights and noise. Um, And one example we were talking about was a supermarket. And I find supermarkets quite unsettling. And this isn't to say I feel like that every single time I go in there. But if I am having a quite heightened day or a day where I am feeling quite sensitive to those things, Um, And it normally comes with anxiety or that fight or flight response. Um, They do correlate. So when my anxiety is higher, that's when I really resonate with being a highly sensitive person. Um, But yeah, like I go into the supermarket and like one day in particular that I'm thinking about, I walked in and the music was just so loud. And I was like, this is a supermarket. Why is the music so loud? The bright, harsh lights that they use in a supermarket, everything was just so lit up. And my body, as soon as I walked in there, I like felt the difference. I was like, oh no, like this isn't an environment for me. The music was really loud. It was during school holidays. So uh, there was children around. There was a lot of noise, screaming, um, a lot of pitch changes. So like really quickly, you'd go from nothing to a really loud squeal and those kind of cause my body to like jump a little bit and I just get really off put by all of that like stimuli and it really changes the whole supermarket shopping experience for me like I've just got to get in and get out so whilst it is um a I guess heightened sensitivity it's also linked to high levels of creativity and richer personal relationships and such a greater appreciation for beauty, which I think is such a lovely thing to focus on. And I feel like we can very quickly just focus on, oh, it's sensitive. It's a sensitive person. But having really rich personal relationships is such a beautiful thing to feel things so deeply. I feel like is such a skill and something that I think we should take pride in because as we'll get into later, um, it talks about like being deeply moved by like music and stuff. And I have always found that. And I thought that that was like, not necessarily normal, but I thought that was very common in that a lot of people feel that moved. And I guess a lot of people do feel a degree of being moved by music, but I would get hit so hard by a really deep song or Um, something that I had a lot of emotional attachment to and it really moved me and it's something that I kind of hide from people I guess and I don't really share that much anymore because I listen to some of these songs that strike a chord with me and really just like take me to a whole nother level and I know some people might say that's just good music but I can't really explain it very well But the way that I feel when I'm deeply moved by something, it really does take over my body and take over my mind. And yeah, it's just definitely a strong response to that kind of thing. 
I would really encourage you to have a look at page seven if you do read this book um, because this kind of created the idea for this podcast and really got me thinking about it. Um, But basically talking about highly sensitive people, it's when you have a deeper central nervous system or CNS sensitivity. So I guess in more um, anatomical terms, Um, that's what we're talking about when your central nervous system has that deep sensitivity. And this could be to physical stimuli, social stimuli, or emotional stimuli. Um, and it can come in different forms. And I think for me, it comes in different seasons. So I don't feel like I'm heightened all the time. I think it comes, as I said before, with the anxiety or when I'm feeling really overwhelmed it's almost like yeah my body just gets really amped up and then it's like okay and now all these sounds are bothering me like sounds or uh, physical stimuli that really didn't bother me before now becomes a stressor but one of the things that I like to uh, delve into and research in HSPs is all of the more positive qualities that it is linked to Um, and I wanted to share this in case any of you are listening to this being like oh yes because when I first started like thinking about this I almost got a little bit triggered I was like oh my gosh I'm a sensitive person oh that's so bad how do I change it how do I not be a sensitive person I don't want to be a sensitive person but then I read more about it and I was like okay well I resonate with a lot of these things and they're actually quite good things that I'm proud of. For example, being very highly observant, um, intuitive, which the Intuition Co. really plays in. We're very on brand with this, but yeah, HSPs are often very intuitive. And going back to being highly observant, I've always noticed that I notice a lot of things other people normally don't. Like in social situations, I'll see something or I feel like I'm just taking in so much extra stimuli And whilst I can practice being really present in a situation, I'm also still so aware of everything around that, if that makes sense. HSPs are thought to be very thoughtful, compassionate, empathetic, conscientious, loyal and creative, as we said before. But those are all such beautiful traits, such beautiful qualities. A lot of you, I'm sure if you wrote down what type of person you want to be or what type of qualities you want to exhibit, a lot of those words would come up for you. Something that I was questioning looking into highly sensitive people is wondering how common it was. Um, So to answer your question, if you're thinking that listening to this pod, they believe around 20% of the population is a highly sensitive person. So one in five, that's a decent amount of people. I guess kind of creates that communal element that you're not alone because when I was researching a lot of this I was like oh like I must be such a strange person or you know I must be one of the few people that feel like this um you know in the minority and there is so many people out there who also feel the way that you feel and I'm sure if you got talking to your support networks and your family and your friends um you would notice a lot of commonalities like I have in talking to my family and friends. So now I want to talk a little bit more about things I've noticed in myself. Um, But for more information, just generally about the highly sensitive person, I would recommend doing your research. That book is definitely such a game changer and um, a lot of research and 
um, articles about HSPs are based off of this book. So would recommend reading that. Journaling can also come into this practice and um, I would recommend if something I've said today hits home to journal about it and kind of unpack ways that you think that you might be sensitive or, um, you know, your kind of light bulb moments being like, oh, yeah, I do that. Yeah. When I go to the grocery store, too, I find that I'm really aware of the music or how loud it is or, you know, I don't really like crowds, etc. because um, that is such a powerful way to unpack this a little bit further for you. But yeah, things that I have noticed within myself, as I said, I get very overstimulated in certain environments. I have noticed as I get older, I enjoy less of the crowded bar situation. I'm not a big drinker, but when I am out at a bar or a club, I say that I don't go to clubs very often, but I really am just so overstimulated, even when I'm drunk, by all the people. Uh, and I really am bothered by, you know, when you're in like a packed club and people are um, scraping past you and you can feel people like touching you. I hate that. Like that really is just a, a bit of an ick for me, if I'm honest. Uh, but I also hate when the music's really loud. I can't talk to my friends. There's like a lot of people. I feel like it gets hard to see. It gets hard to hear. And I just feel like I'm drowning a little bit sometimes um, whilst I know other people really thrive in those environments. So just something that I've noticed within myself. And definitely if I'm feeling a bit more anxious that week or when I'm going out, I noticed that that really is a key theme for me going out because I have had times, of course, where I go out and it is quite busy and I don't really notice how busy it is. Um, And yeah, I definitely think that correlates a little bit with my anxiety. Um, And as I've explained, shopping centers are very overstimulating environments for me. I have never liked going to the shops at like Christmas time for the fact that they're busy and there's lots of crowds and yeah, it gets a bit overwhelming, but I've just learned recently that like if I have to go get groceries and I've left it to like five o'clock and I know the supermarket's really busy, I get really off put by that. Um, And yeah, I I tend to like forget half of the things that I went in there for and I get a bit flustered. And yeah, I think that's definitely something I want to work on within myself. And I say all of these things, but there are definitely ways that you can... um, I guess, nurture the quality, if that makes sense, which we will get to later. As I said, I don't like crowds. I don't like really big, like, music festivals and stuff where there's just, like, people everywhere. Like, the Ecker is, like, my worst nightmare. Like, that many people in such a small space. Are you kidding? Like, oh, my heart rate, the clammy hands. Like, mm. um, Also noise as well like I've just mentioned with the going out environment if you go to a concert and the music's really loud I like it for a small portion of time but generally after I'm a bit like off put by how loud the music was um and give or take a little bit too like these aren't always the situations that I find the hardest to handle um Something else that I researched a bit was having a complex inner life. I, again, I don't really know how to explain this, but I just feel like within my head, there's just so much going on and not where I'm like, oh, I just have so much on my to-do list. Like, I feel like I'm 
just constantly having conversations with myself. There's so many things at play. I'm skipping like I'm in the present. Then I'm like, oh, this relates to something that happened six years ago. And then like, oh, now we're skipping forward. Wonder what this will be like. Like my inner life is just very complex. And sometimes I struggle to understand what's going on. So something that I'm trying to work on is understanding that a little bit more and Yeah, I think sometimes the people that you surround yourself with, it kind of comes into play in this environment. But I've always felt a little bit off, like people don't really get me. Um, And I don't mean that in a sad way. It just, I don't know, I feel very easily compelled to like be somebody that I'm not to like fit into this other mold because I thought that being me was a bad thing. Or like to be sensitive is a bad thing. And I've, I have been made to feel like that by certain people and in certain relationships and whatever. But yeah, it's something that I have spent so much of my time trying to solidify within myself and get all of my core values back so that moving forward, I am very sure and okay with who I am at my core. Another thing that's really interesting, um, I struggled to watch violent movies and shows I become a bit stressed um I've watched a few like kind of gory like Netflix series and stuff and like you watch them at night before bed and it just heightens my nervous system and I'm like well I can't go to sleep now so something that I have done a lot is like trying to watch really light-hearted familiar shows that calm my body down and just make me feel good Um, my naturopath told me when I was going through a bit of a rough time about like the calming nature of a familiar TV series. So for example, like Friends or New Girl, they're like my comfort shows and like I can almost say the lines with the characters and having that familiarity with your body and your mind is such a calming thing. So yeah, something that I have just picked up on. And like I said, very deeply moved by things like songs or things that I've seen, like I'll see something or watch a video and I'll just be so moved and I'll want to talk about it for a long time because it's really struck a chord with me or it's really like hit a nerve somewhere. And I feel like I just become a little bit heightened from that. So yeah, that's kind of the biggest things I guess I've noticed within myself in terms of how sensitive I feel. Um, but if you are listening to those things, if you are feeling the same feels in any capacity, there are some things that you can do when you are highly sensitive. And here's some of the things that I have learned and that I do to manage my high sensitivity. The biggest thing I'm going to say to you and the biggest takeaway, I guess, is the importance of self-care. Self-care is so important for everyone, but so important for highly sensitive people. And I'm not just talking about a bubble bath. I am talking about setting boundaries and, you know, having limits and, you know, you don't have to stay out with everyone till 2 a.m. If your limit is 10 o'clock, you can go home at 10 o'clock and feeling okay with that and accepting that. Um, But having that self-care, having that downtime to recharge and decompress is so, so important also includes like getting enough sleep and having a really healthy diet and living a balanced lifestyle. Sleep has always been so important to me and it is probably one of my like biggest self-care 
pieces of advice is get your sleep get your sleep because my body does not function as well as it could emotionally and physically when I am deprived of sleep so uh, I made the decision I'm pretty sure when I was a teenager um, it's just like a habit that's really solidified within me to get a lot of sleep like all through year 12 I prioritized my sleep when like I felt like everybody was up till like the early hours of the morning cramming I would be asleep because I needed my eight hours whether I got a B or an A, like I just knew my body needed the sleep to perform and it's always been that way. Um, And yeah, planning time to decompress, having that set time each week, each day, whatever that looks like for you to have your alone time. And I think the older I get, the more I value the alone time. And I'm like, oh, I really just need to be in my own energy. Like, you know, I like my own space. I like being in my room early to have that like switch off time. Um, so yeah, that's become really important to me as well. Like I said, it's essentially registering an increased amount of detail about your environment. That's probably a really good way to put it. Also, I'm really sorry if you guys can hear my neighbor leaf blowing. I swear they leaf blow like three times a day. Like, why do you have so many leaves? Why are there so many leaves on your driveway that you have to do that all the time? Like they're going to come back. So just leave it. Do you know what I mean? It's very frustrating when you are a content creator trying to record stuff at home. Hope my audio isn't picking that up. And as I kind of touched on there, setting boundaries is super important, Um, whether that be with uh, going out, whatever that looks like for you. Like everybody's boundaries are different, but learning to set healthy boundaries is super important Um, and being okay with the boundaries that you've set because you need to show up as your best self. So whatever you need to do to achieve that, you have to kind of like work out what that balance is. Reducing your input load, specifically in relation to the supermarket example that I just shared. There are things that you can do to kind of reduce that input um, and make your world feel a little bit calmer. Uh, One thing that was suggested to me is wearing a cap when you go into the supermarket um, or earphones. And the earphones one, I can honestly say, makes such a difference. Like when I go to the supermarket and I have my earphones in compared to when I don't, totally different experiences. Um, And I put on like really calming, like meditation music. Sometimes if I'm feeling a bit more upbeat, I'll have like someone talking, but Normally, um, yeah, I like to like switch off and just put on some calming music and train my mind to be like, no, you're safe. You're okay. This isn't a stressful environment. So yeah, those are some of the things that I've picked up. And the last one I'm going to leave you with is having alone time. I guess it kind of comes into that self-care and like knowing what your boundaries are and what's, what's important to you. But Being in your own energy is super important to have that time to recharge and to not have all of the external stimuli. Because if you've got to catch the train to work, you can't really do much about the people on the train or you can't really do a lot about all of the flickering lights or, you know, there's a lot of external environments. You can't actually change the environment, but you can control it when you are on your own. And so I think that's super important to have that time, whether it's at night or during the morning or both or during your day to have that time where it's just you, you create that Zen space and whatever that looks like for you. For me, that's having an early night and, you know, getting into bed, reading my book and having some really calming music. I put a candle on. I really like to romanticize those mundane things, but 
it's a way that I can prioritize my alone time and feel better and show up better for those around me on a daily basis. So that is all I have for you today um, for today's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit more about highly sensitive persons and potentially if this resonated with you, I hope you feel somewhat comforted by this episode. Uh, Please reach out if you would like to discuss this topic further on our Instagram, Um, but I really do hope you enjoyed today's lesson and the conversation that we have just delved into because I feel like it was a pretty important one and something I hope does kind of inflict a bit of a light bulb moment for some of you. I will talk to you in the next episode very soon, but for now, remember you are appreciated, you are capable, and you are loved. Bye for now.